Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. You know, I usually pray in the morning. I get up, I pray. But always on my way to work, I like to pray. And God started to speak to me, and, and he says, you need to speak loud. And I said, well, I'm pretty loud. You know, people say I'm loud. I don't need to be so loud. And uh, actually, when I'm around people praying, I try to be, control myself because I pray loud. But God says, the devil needs to hear your voice. You have a voice. And the devil needs to know that when he hears that voice, he better move on and move out of the way. Okay? So that was my journey in finding out my voice. So I hope tonight that when you live here, you realize that you have a voice and you need that voice. We in Valdosta need our voice for God to accomplish what he wants to do in Valdosta. So we're going to go into that area today. Okay. Uh, my voice shows a lot of things. You know, when I speak and I, I talk to somebody, okay, they can sense love. They can sense, whoa, the kids at school, ugh, she's talking again. She's, you know, the tone of my voice says a lot of things. And in the scriptures, in Second Chronicles 2019, I'm just going to pick the pieces so we have time for everything. But it talks here about having a loud voice on high. In Psalms 42, 4, it says, when I remember these things, I put out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitudes. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. So there is a voice of joy. There is a voice of praise. Uh, in Jeremiah 33, 11, it says the voice of joy again, the voice of gladness. So it must be important what our voice conveys. What message are we giving in our voice? Okay. Uh, Psalm 66, 8 says, Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Again, the voice to be heard. In Psalms 47, 1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. So there is a voice of triumph, okay? So my voice is important. So I said, Okay. If my voice is important, I say, well, let me see what I can find to back up what I'm talking about. So I started to look on Google. I Google it. Okay, that's what the kids do in school. They Google it. So I Google the sound of my voice. And listen what it says. One place it says, like an audible fingerprint, your voice is the sound of your identity. That sounds good. That sounds good. Just like a fingerprint in your hands, your voice is your identity. Then it says, another side said, when we consider the ways in which each of us is unique, you might initially think of things like your looks and your fingerprints. Your voice identifies you as uniquely as your looks and your fingerprints do. Although some people might sound quite a bit alike, no two voices are ever exactly the same. Emotions can also play a role in our voice. When we get excited, it says the muscles tighten, and it gives me all that stuff. I wasn't interested. All I wanted to know is that my voice is unique. We may stand both of us praying, 
But let me tell you something. The devil is going to know my voice. When I wake up in the morning and I say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, he's going to shake because it's my voice and it's unique. And he's going to know my voice. And you need to do that. You need to let the devil know your voice. When you pray for your children, when you pray for your spouse, when you pray for Valdosta, when you pray for your pastor, when you pray for your church, the devil needs to know your voice, not mine. I can pray for you all. And that's great, but it ultimately, it's you and the devil. Okay, it says in Romans, it's talking in here, it says, uh, for if, uh, I'm going to move down. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the children of the sons of God. The, um, the passion reads it like this. The entire universe is standing on tiptoes. And they're yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And that is each and every one of you. How is, are they going to see that when we start speaking? Pastor Caleb told you about the power in your words. All I'm doing today is telling you, you're unique. Your voice is unique. You need to use it. You can't just tamper and say, oh, I know the scriptures. Oh, I believe it, man, I believe it. And you don't speak it. Your voice carries the words. Your, your voice is what takes that, what you believe in here, and puts it into the heavens, pierces the heavens with it. And then, you know, I went to a conference, and I remember when I was working on this, uh, the lady said, it was in St. Augustine, it was a ladies' conference, and she said, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is speak over my day, because I'm not going to have the day speak to me. Okay, so I make sure I speak when I wake up. Now, Pastor Keller spoke, and he says, when the word is not spoken, it is not a threat to the devil. Okay, like I said, I could have all the word, all the faith that I say I have, but if I don't speak it, if I don't put it into faith, into voice, it's never going to be a threat to the devil. He could say, okay, keep reading your Bible. You, you want to read the Bible? Keep reading it. As long as you don't speak it, as long as you don't, Put it out, we're good. And in, if you don't believe me, I want you to look in Acts chapter 19. And I'm going to read you the story. Sometimes we, uh, you say, well, you know, faith has to be backing up. You can't just take it and say, oh, Pastor Chris said this, so I'm just going to say the same thing. Oh, I, I heard Pastor Caleb quoting, uh, by his stripes on hill. I'm just going to believe that. I'm going to show you here too, okay? It says, then certain of the vagabond Jews' exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Siva, a Jew, and a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus, I know they've heard that voice. And Paul, I know. They've heard his voice. He says, but who are you? He says, and the man in whom the evil spirits was, it leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. So they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So what I'm saying, not only speak the word, but you've got to have substance behind that word. You've got to believe that word. I was listening to Dr. Somra. I know probably some of our new people don't know Dr. Somra. He was one of those great men of faith. I had the privilege to see it in his ministry. And I was listening to a tape the other day, and he said, when you have faith, 
you have experience, and that leads to knowledge. When you have the real faith, nobody can shake it because you have experience and knowledge. I didn't see anybody in here come in and do this. Now I can sit. Why? Experience gave you knowledge. The seat should hold me. So that should be the same way. Second Corinthians says, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore I have spoken. So if you are going to have a voice, if you are have a voice that pierces, you're going to have to believe it. You're going to have to have faith in that word. Now, I went back because this is making reference to, uh, well, maybe not in, yeah, making reference to David. And in the Psalms 116.10, David said, I believed, trusted in, relied on, and cling to my God. And therefore, I have, have I spoken. Even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I've got to believe it. I've got to take that word and be that, like that bulldog. I have faith. You ain't taking that bone out of my mouth. That's what we believe in that word. I have taken that word. David said, okay, I have trusted in why. David lived from what? From cave to cave and running, but God always protected him. He went places to places, but God was always there. So he says, I trusted in. I relied on that. He said, and then he says, and I clung to my God. Even when he messed up, he clung to God. So he believed, therefore he spoke. Even when he said, I am greatly afflicted. I know I'm afflicted, but I trust. So remember, we have to, faith as it is written, I believe, then I can speak. Okay, now I have... I know Pastor Mark taught us we need to have three points, but I'm going to have more than three points. So don't tell Pastor Mark that I have more than three points. I want to talk about five things that will help us. At least I believe it will help me to have a stronger faith. Okay? The first one, I'm going to use the word voice because we're talking about our voice. The V is going to be for victory. And you say, huh, voice, victory. The V is for victory. I have to remember that even though I am in the middle of a struggle, I am in a battle, okay? I am not fighting for victory, but I am fighting from victory. So anytime I hear the word voice, I remember victory is coming. When I speak it in faith, victory is mine. It says in 1 John 5, 4, every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. It says the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. Okay? It says for whatever is born of God. Are you born of God tonight? If you are born of God, it says you overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith. So victory for voice. If I have a voice, I have victory. Okay, 1 Corinthians in the Passion, I like it, 15 verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 57. It says, it is sin that gives death its sin and the law that gives sin its power. Now, but we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. 
So now, beloved ones, stand firm and secure. When you're in the middle of your battle, stand firm and secure, he says. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. I have to have that unshakable. Nothing is going to move me. I may be praying for somebody who has cancer, but you know what? I don't care how it looks. I have an unshakable confidence of what's going to happen. Because I have an unshakable confidence on the word of God. Remember, I have, I believe, and therefore I speak. Then it says, we know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord. Because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. So when I think on voice, I know I have victory. Okay? The next one is the O. And this one is an O. So I'm just a deliverer. I'm not. I didn't wrote it. Okay? The O is if I want to have a voice and that voice has victory, I've got to have obedience, okay? If I'm going to have that strong voice, I will have to be obedient. My level of authority is measured by my obedience, my submission to God and his word. I can be in victory if I am not being obedient to God and his word, okay? Even in, in 1 Samuel 15, 23, it says, And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and so as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat or rams. And here comes a good one. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He was speaking to Saul at that time. But I don't want to be in witchcraft, and I don't want to be in iniquity and idolatry. I want to be an obedient kiddo. It says obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, when we are kids, we tell them, you know, please just go pick up that stuff from the table. They go whatever they want to be. They do something else. Oh, but I did this. And you're like, but that's not what I wanted you to do. I just asked you to clean the table. See, obedience is better than sacrifice. Okay? In here, and then we think, well... Well, let's look at Hebrews 5.8. It's our greatest example, correct? Okay. It says in Hebrews 5.8, although, uh, it says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience. Jesus had to learn obedience. If Jesus had to learn obedience, God help me. I don't know about you. Maybe you are really nice, but I am not. I'm really kind of on the hard-headed side. You know, the hard knocks, that's me. By the things which he suffered and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Obedience, meaning submission, meaning attentive hearkening. Isn't that what we want our kids to do? We just, you could just listen to what I told you. You tell them, go do this, this, this. I, I, you could just listen. I tell the kids in the school, I said, could you just, what did I just say? Can somebody help me? Tell me what I just said. You know? He says, and then in Hebrews, look what the passion reads. But even though he was a wonderful son, Jesus was perfect. He was a wonderful son. Then he says, he learned to listen and obey. Jesus.
Jesus had to learn to listen and obey through all his sufferings. And after being proven perfect in, his, in this way, he has now become the source of eternal salvation. But look what he says. To all those who listen to him and obey. Huh. So, if my voice is going to have an impact, if as a church we're going to have an impact, our voice is going to bring victory, our voice is going to have to be because we are obedient to the Lord, to his word, to do his ways. And look what it says here in Philippians before I move on. It says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Talking about Jesus. He humbled himself and he became obedient even unto death. The death of the cross. Okay. We're doing good, huh? And I, I was going to read it from the... Uh, Philippians 2a from the Amplified says, After he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience of death, even the death of the cross. So if Jesus had to do that, what makes you think you're above that? What makes you think you're the big shot? I mean, you might be a big shot at your house, but I don't know. You know, I don't know. Okay, we all have to take that word, be obedient. The Holy Spirit will speak to you when you get out of line. And it all it takes, trust me, if you do it the first time, it's no problem. But if you do it like I've done sometimes, keep ignoring, it gets ugly. So if he tells you, corrects you, you know, he's gentle. He's, he's, he's a gentle. The Holy Spirit is very gentle. You know, you, you shouldn't put that text in there. You know what's going to happen. He said, like, um, but, um, you know, it's so funny. There it goes. And then you have to deal with the junk. So we need to remember if our voice is going to have an impact, it's going to be a voice of victory, and it's going to be because we are an obedient people. Okay? The next one is I. I. But I comes for identity. I can't have a voice that has victory if I can identify who the heck I am. Right? I have to know who I am. And I know we've talked about that through the summer. Audrey did told us greatly that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We, we've covered this, but I'm going to cover it again because it's good. And I like that verse. Back to Genesis 1.26, right? says, and God said, let us make man in our image. He's going to look just like me uh, because I'm good stuff. says, after our likeness, likeness meaning he's going to operate like I operate. When I speak, there, there be light, there was light. When I said, let the oceans and the, city and the land part so there's some dry ground, it did. When God spoke, it happened. Okay? So, in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over all the works of God's hand, in other words, okay? Now, God created man to rule on the earth just like he rules in heaven. God never intended to come here, rule heaven, rule here. We're in, we're it. When we get born again, this is it. And that's scary, right? Because we've got to be obedient so we can be victorious and we can have a voice, right? Now, uh... I wasn't going to cover much more in here, but I'm going to tell you this. Because I must know my identity, who I am in Christ, because my authority is tied to my identity. 
Once I know who I am, then I can operate in my authority. Okay? So we've talked about that a lot. So I'm going to move on to the next one, which is the C. The C comes for courage. If you're going to have a voice, you're going to have to be a, a people of courage. I mean, you have a voice, but if you're going to let the devil know your voice, if you're going to let get the, the results of what you want, I want to see prosperity. I want to see my children blessed. I want to see them serving God full time. Okay? I want to see them move on in the world and do those things. Go to the nations. Some of them are called to the nations. Go to the nations. Preach the gospel. I want to see those things. I want to see them healed whole by the stripes of Jesus. I want to see them walk in that wholeness. I have to have a voice. I don't know about you, but I need my voice to be heard. So, courage. Courage means bravery. That quality of mind which enables men to encounter danger and difficulties without fear. Wow. And, you know, I, I thought of one person came to my mind really quickly. One man that was a man of courage. I think he was. He messed up a few times, but that helps me identify myself with him. And that was David. Could you imagine on David? I mean, we pastor has done awesome teachings on David. But I just think on this little boy, they say he was very skinny, wimpy, good looking. But could you imagine? He's standing there. He comes to deliver the bread. And he's standing around. He says to the, to the men, men of war, amen, around him. And he says, and David spoke to the men that stood by him. What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Could you imagine what people look at him? That was courage. That, he had a voice. He says, uh, for, the, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he shall defy the armies of the living God? If I have courage, it's because I know my covenant. I know my covenant rights. I know what Jesus did for me. If I don't know, if he didn't know his covenant, he wouldn't be so boastful. This uncircumcised, that tells me there was a covenant. He knew about the covenant. And we have a blood covenant, a covenant with better promises than David had. So if you're going to be a people that have a voice of victory, obedience, of identity, and courage, you're going to have to know your covenant. And that's only in here. You need to get into that word. You need to know your covenant rights. You have rights. You can demand things because Jesus paid the price for them. Okay? Now, I thought on another man that was really, had to have a lot of, um, it was Joshua. Could you think you've been Joshua? The great Moses. I mean, Moses brought these people out. Moses, wow. Carry all the people out, you know, show them tons of stuff. Messed up, well, he messed up too. Everybody messes up sometimes. If you haven't, you're perfect. I tip my hat at you, but don't stay too long. You might mess up after this because right now you're messing up. Okay? So, but imagine Joshua when he says, then the Lord, you know, he told me, my servant, Mo my servant Moses is dead. And then he tells me, now you're coming in. And then the Lord says, okay, but be strong and of a good courage. For the, unto the people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only again, be thou strong and very courageous. Right then I said, Lord, you got the wrong person. But he stick with it, okay? 
And then I'm, I'm going to read you this. This one is one of my favorite scriptures. Because if I'm going to have a voice, this takes courage. Especially when everybody's speaking what they think. Their brain cells are speaking and they're not speaking from their spirit, man. It says in Romans 4, uh, 17, as it is written, it's talking about here about Abraham. I have made thee a father of many nations. No one nation. He couldn't say, I made you the father of, you know, Isaac of one. No, you're the father of many nations. Before him who be he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and called those things that be not as though there were. Gosh, it takes courage. Oh, my goodness. Look in the Amplified. It says, uh, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks. He speaks. We're talking about a voice, right? We're talking about believing the word of God. He said, and he speaks of the non-existent. Okay. Somebody's sitting right in front of me, and I'm looking at the, six, the, the sickness. But he says in here, uh, I lost my spot, of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So if God says, you're telling, Lord, I need finances, God looks and he speaks and he says, you already have it because I have already made the provision. I have already done that for you. So why are you so moopy? But you're thinking, I don't see it. And God keeps saying, I'm speaking those things that be not as though they were. But it takes courage because then you think, oh, what if it doesn't happen? Oh, then we let doubt and unbelief come in. You know, I'm believing for my rent money. I'm a little tired. I don't know if I have it all. But, you know, and then you say, well, Lord, you say you make the provision. You say you supply all my needs according to riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But then I'm getting closer, and I start to look at the natural rather than keep speaking. Oh, he supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Oh, God is my, my rock. He's my salvation. He's my all in all. He's there for me. He's not going to forsake me. But we're afraid that, oh, what if it doesn't happen? God already, he already said it. He's already promised it. It's already done. Okay? So, if I'm going to have a voice, I'm going to speak out of victory because I am an overcomer. The overcomer is in me. I haven't been obedient. I know my identity, and I have courage. I call those things that be, that be not as though they were. Oh, praise God. Then the last one is endurance. It not always happen when I want, unfortunately, you know? I remember the first person I prayed for. No you know, no, don't take it personal. I got him better through the years. But the first person I prayed for died. So don't worry, I can pray for you. It's better now. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't back up because, you know, I continue. I endure. I kept the word. I started to believe. So, and then I spoke. Okay? So. Endurance is a bearing of suffering, continuing under pain or distress without resistance or without sinking 
or yield of yielding of the pressure. And for this one, I'm going to go to Hebrews 12 because we think, oh, I'm alone on this struggle. Nobody but me. I'm the only one that they're ever going to cut the electricity. I'm the only one that ever needs $20 for gas. I'm the only one that has to move and can't find a place. Nobody else ever had that problem. It's only me. Me, I'm the only one who ever had to struggle with pain. Hebrews 12 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about, with such a great cloud of witnesses. You know, all in heaven, they're looking and they're, go, go, go. Come on, come on, Shane. Move it, move it. Keep going. Verna, keep going. Over here. Everyone, keep on, Diana. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. They're cheering you from heaven. They're looking at you. You've got a voice. Keep using that voice. Don't stop. It says, such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay it aside every weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us. So with something kind to come, but you got to stop it. And let us run with patience in the race that is set before us. And looking unto Jesus. Oh, isn't he awesome? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame. And he sat down, he sat down at the right hand. Of the throne of God. Look what it says here in the Amplified, the last part. It says, he for the joy of obtaining the prize. We are that prize. Jesus saw the cross, but he didn't look at it. He said, no, 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 no. I'm looking beyond. I'm looking at my children. I'm looking at my sons, my daughters. He was looking at you sitting in here today, saying, you have a voice today. Use your voice. Take that sword. And you see, he says, Oh, and I lost my spot. <laughs> For the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising and enduring, ignoring the shame. And he's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Endurance. Jesus had to endure. And you know, uh, look at Daniel. In the book of Daniel. Remember, there's, uh, it's in Daniel chapter 10. That one is not there. Verses 12 to 13. He says, Daniel had been praying. He prayed. And the angel come and he says, then he said, Daniel, don't be afraid. This is from the mess, from the good news. He says, God has heard your prayer ever since the first day. And that's for somebody in here. You've been praying and you think God didn't hear you. You think God forgot you. Let me tell you that is not true. God says the first day that you opened your mouth and you had your request, he heard you. He says, the first day you decided to humble yourself in order to gain understanding, I have come in answer to your prayer. The angel prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. What if Daniel had quit at day number five? What if Daniel had quit at day number six or number eight or 15? He will have missed the blessing, and that happened to us. We don't, we think like, it's like the, like I tell the kids when I'm explaining solving their equations, just when you go in the soda machine, you put the money, and the answer comes, right? Your soda comes down, but we want to move that to everything. God is not a soda, you know, soda machine that you put the, oh, uh, uh, this scripture, Lord, put, put it in the money, and then you want him to give you the, the answer, oh, it's coming here, let's go home. No. More like a crock pot, okay? 
So you got to simmer. You got to meditate like he told Joshua. Meditate on my word day and night, day and night. How long after you've done it all, all, you stand, but you don't stop because the crock pot didn't make the stew in two hours. Doesn't mean you eat it raw. If you do, but I don't. So if we're going to have a voice that is going to impact not only Valdosta, but the nations, our children's life. Remember, we are victorious because the battle has already been won. We're going to have to be people that are obedient. We have to know our identity. We're going to have to have courage to stand when everybody's going like the salmon, you know, say he goes in the opposite direction. We're going to go the opposite direction. But we're going to have courage and we're going to have endurance. Now, I'm going to close with this scripture. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6 verses 10. I'm going to read them. I'm going to emphasize the last one. I'm doing good. I've got to hurry up. Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And I believe God is saying that to each and every one of you. You didn't come by coincidence because I pray, whoever not need to be there, Lord, just keep them busy somewhere else. So you're here because God wanted you to hear this. Okay? I don't want to waste my nice voice on people I don't want to hear. So they, they will stumble your faith. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't put pieces. You put the whole armor. Okay? That you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That co-worker that tells you those shoes that you wear are always so ugly. It wasn't really that person. It was the devil trying to hurt your feelings. And if you didn't catch on it, catch on it today. Next time you say, oh, I'm so sorry. Just... I just thought they looked good. Thank you. I'll take that in consideration. Then I get saved because in my mind I say, when you buy me the next pair. So, got to repent, right? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take on the whole armor that you may be able to stand in the evil day and done it all to stand. Then he tells me how I'm going to stand. He says, your loins get about with truth. In other words, with the word of God. Holds everything. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. My right standing with God. And your feet are shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If there's no peace, God's not in the middle of it. You will have the peace that passes all understanding. Above all, take the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, all, all, that, that, you know, neighbor that throw the trash in front of your house and then say, oh, I don't know how that got there. That neighbor, your kid, when he says, I don't know, mama, I don't leave the clothes in there. That must have been Johnny that came by and he, he spilled that. Or was the dog? No. Then he says, and take the helmet of salvation. And here we go. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching with perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, I look in the passion, that last verse, the 17, which is the one that talks about having the 
the spirit, using the sword of the spirit, and he says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect you, thoughts from lies, and take the mighty razor-sharp sword of the spoken word of God. We're talking about speaking. We're talking about having a voice that counts. That word in there, the word word, means it's a word in the Hebrew, in the Greek that means it's the rhema word of God. It, that spoken word. It's that word that you're reading your Bible and all of a sudden you say, man, has that always been there? That's the sword for that battle. Anytime I'm in the middle of a battle, I go to my Bible, start reading, unless I'm praying and God gives me a scripture. But if he doesn't, I look for this. This is his logo. This is the, I can use anything in here. But then I'm reading, and that scripture pops up. I said, gosh, that's exactly what I need. That's for your battle. That's your sword for that problem. That's the voice that you're going to raise up. So I challenged you today, and with this I close. I challenged you. To take your sword. I believe the sword is that word that is coming out. And it's going to pierce the heavens. And it's your word. It's going to reach where it needs to go. If it's for healing, it will heal. If it's for deliverance, it will deliver. If it's for finances, it will be in the provision. If it's for my children to come into the kingdom of God, it will do its job. When, after we've done it all, we stand. Praise God. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.